0: Thanks for joining us. We love getting to share the message of God's grace with the entire world. If his message has impacted your life, would you share your testimony with us by emailing it to stories at graceorlando.com. We love to hear what God is up to. You can also give in support of this ministry by going to our website and clicking on the give button at graceorlando.com. Thanks again. Everybody doing good? Good. Well, we are gonna start a new series this morning called Not a Doormat, okay? And I got a little feedback going, so if I can come down a little bit. I don't wanna be the John the Baptist type and have a microphone. All right, cool. Uh, so, we're going to talk about not being a doormat, okay? How many of you have ever felt like a doormat? Like, I don't know, everybody, right? You've had that moment. Like, I, know, I love how some of y'all raised your hand, you looked around, and there's no one else raising your hand. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we all should raise our hand. Like, we've all been there. If you've lived on this planet, you've had a moment where someone took advantage of you or did something, and you, you didn't know what to say, you didn't know what to do, uh, you, what, as a Christian, how are you supposed to respond, right? Maybe, maybe right now, where you're just living, right? Just being, being alive where you are right now, and you just feel like, I don't know how to not be a doormat. Like, I feel like everybody walks over me. I feel like I, and this is the perspective that you have. Well, <clears throat> this morning, I want to talk to you about a quiet strength. Look, over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about a few words like humility, okay, meekness, things that often are never talked about in our culture for some reason, okay, and actually our culture, probably above all cultures, could really use a talk about humility and the power that is within this, okay, I want you to get the right idea, this is not weakness, okay? This is not something that puts you at a disadvantage. This puts you at the maximum advantage, okay? Like if you are able to walk in this kind of strength, this quiet strength, if you will, where God is the one leading you and doing within you, you'll find humility and meekness is actually something you can offer to the whole world around you. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that comes out of your life for you and to give away to others. How many of y'all would love to be able to just Get through all of that you're getting through right now a little bit easier, right? Well, I think all of us would, and the answers are found here. This morning, uh, I want to I spend a lot of time in Matthew chapter 5, okay? So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. We're going to spend some time there. Uh, but but I, love, I love Matthew chapter 5. It's, it's one of these places you begin to see Jesus transitioning everybody from one mindset to another, you have to remember, like we sit in this church and like we hear, uh, we hear this kind of stuff all the time. But these people were hearing it for the first time. This was all brand new, and they had lived under the mindset of being cursed for so long. That the idea of being blessed is crazy. Like, how do we be blessed? That sounds awesome, right? Everybody was so used to the mindset of being under a curse. And, And let me just say that although I'm going to speak mostly about the people that lived during this time, I believe you will hear some comparisons to the times that we're living in right now. Many still believe they are living under some kind of a curse. Many believers believe they're living under some kind of a curse. So please, if you believe that, have your mind changed this morning. Jesus is going to talk about this different mindset from going from a, a cursed mindset to a blessed mindset. Imagine if you could feel blessed even when everything around you looks like a curse, even when everything around you looks like it's falling apart, and you go, man, I'm just so blessed. I am so okay during this storm. Father, I pray this morning as we dive into this series, as we look into your words, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts, God, during a season of time when many feel like doormats, when many feel like uh, everybody, the world is taking advantage of them. Lord, would we see you in this? Would we see your your grace? Because it is all that we need, Lord. Give us more and more and more of, of what you are full of. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so we're going we're to look at Matthew chapter 5, and he's transitioning everybody from this idea of being unsatisfied to satisfied, from being cursed to blessed. He's talking about this, this kingdom that's here, where he's transitioning everybody from law into something they had never really seen into before called grace, what we know as grace. The kingdom was here. And all they could see was their politics. Does that sound familiar? The kingdom was here, and all they were looking for was Jesus to save them from their political messes. Like, please come, fight for us, bring freedom, destroy Rome, right? And Jesus came to show them, I'm going to give you a whole different mindset to where even politics and even where you live in the world will pale in comparison to what you have within you, to the kingdom of God that is within you. And this was not going to be easy because, well, they were under the law. They were used to living in cursed land, like telling people about how blessed you are. Have you ever found people who resist that? You know, you tell somebody, you know, they're going through stuff and you're, you're kind of, I've done this before, where I'm almost kind of like telling them they should be doing worse, you know. They're like, I'm so good though, you know, and I'm like, are you, you know, right? We live in a world where we're so accustomed to that that when you see it, right, we got to be accustomed to the good. The, 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 the miracles that God is up to. So he, Jesus says this. He goes, look, what if you could be blessed based on faith and not your ability to keep the law? How massive is that? How massive would that be for some of us that believe I'm not blessed because I'm not keeping up with all the things God wanted me to do and I messed up and so I'm probably getting punished for that? No, that's not true at all. And Jesus says this. He's transitioning all these people from one place to another, from one covenant to what was coming in this new covenant. And he says, well, what if this is the way it is? What if you could see things the way that God does? What if you could pull all the way out, you know, Google, Zoom, or whatever, maps, and back all the way? What if you could back out and see things the way God does? What if people didn't make you angry anymore? I mean, he's saying it to these people, but I say it to you. What if? What if people didn't make you angry anymore? What if you could see Rome, Caesar, the president, whatever it is, the way that God sees them? What if you could do that? Now, Jesus is saying, what if? But we know that these things are possible. What if you could be blessed even when everything has been lost, that in tragedy you can love your enemy and bless them? Well, you probably would feel some level of shock like they even did, right? Hearing that that could even be possible. Everyone here has admitted that I've been a doormat at one point in time. I have felt less than or walked on or whatever. And Jesus is saying, guess what? You can feel blessed. You can actually feel like you have an abundance in those moments that actually you you have lost nothing at all in any of this. Like that's the kind of life and peace that God has come to offer us. Listen, my, my brother was one of the first people that demonstrated this to me. Okay, When I was not a Christian, one of the things that showed me that something he believed in had to be real was he had this quiet strength. It used to be a loud strength where we punched each other, you know, because brothers do that. Uh, but no, now it was this quiet strength of humility and meekness, and, and, and I would try to fight him on something, and he'd say, no, you go ahead. Go right ahead. And it drove me crazy, right? I was like, no, fight me, man. Come on. Like, he just wouldn't fight me. He's like, no, I'm, I'm good. I, I'm not going to fight anymore. He had something within him that even though I was a jerk, if I could be honest, right, he found this quiet peace where he was able to even endure that with love and give away love to the point that I saw Jesus and I believed, mostly because of his example and watching him. So what examples are we getting to set for those around us? Look, it's going to take a change of what we think is what he's telling these people. He's saying, look, it's going to change what you think you know and also how you come into knowledge. What does knowledge do? Well, it puffs up, Scripture says, right? If we're living in a time where I don't have to convince you of this, right? We watch ourselves and others puff up a big time amount when they go on Facebook and they read the posts and they go and watch the YouTube documentaries and they've got it all figured out, right? We puff ourselves all up and you can't tell me nothing because I've seen it all, you know? That's how we all seemingly get. And that's not what we're talking about. Jesus is saying, y'all gotta stop going after that knowledge. Like, that knowledge is worthless. You gotta go after knowledge of the kingdom. You gotta see reality the way that it really is. And this whole concept of being a doormat will change. So he's telling him stuff like this Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Repent, the kingdom of heaven is near. Imagine someone walking down Longwood, you know, just shouting, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And people started gathering to hear what he had to say. What is this guy saying? The kingdom of heaven? Repent. Now, let me ask you, I don't want to take for granted that we all hear the same things. When I say the words repent, if you've lived here in America long enough and not been told what this word means in the Greek, you probably mean, you probably hear Jesus saying, get forgiveness of your sins, repent, say you're sorry, turn from your sins and believe in God is probably what you think he's saying there, and it's not. That's a Latin understanding of that word, repentance, But this word repentance comes from this word in the Greek. This is the word Jesus is actually saying, metanoia, and it means a change of mind, or in other words, to see things the way God sees them. It's relational, by the way. Let me let me give you a uh, an example of what this looks like here on earth. Okay, like a tangible example of my own life. So we go uh, out to eat sometimes with the kids. We risk it. You, You guys get it. You guys ever try that? God bless you. We go out, and we sit there, and, 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 and we're having some dinner, and I, I'm always trying to get my kids to eat something they've never eaten before. How, how, how do y'all do with that? Does that go good for you guys? Like, my kids, they absolutely think something's gross before they've ever had it before, right? Now, I got one sitting here today, but fortunately, he's totally distracted. Anyway, so, <laughs> uh, so we go out, and, and, and we get some Italian, and, I, and I, I say, I'm gonna get some tiramisu. Anybody else love tiramisu? Come on, y'all, y'all okay, yes. We are woke to tiramisu, right? Like, it is amazing. <laughs> So here's the thing is that, uh, you know, I I let my kids try. No, no, I don't want to try. I don't want to try it. You know, and then finally one of them just tries a little piece of it, and they just loved it, right? They taste and saw what I already knew was good, okay? (laughs) That's that's repentance. There was no feeling sorry. She didn't have to apologize. I'm so sorry, Dad, for not knowing this was good. Like, no, I didn't care about any of that. I'm like, yeah, I knew I was right. It is good, isn't it? You know, finally, see things my way, right? This is what repentance looks like. Is you sitting with your dad, not feeling bad? The whole point wasn't that Jesus is walking around saying, "Repent, feel bad, everybody," because they were ignorant kids, basically. Because now, right, because we can come to you and show you what God is really like, and when you taste and see how good God is, oh, you're going to give up all the ways you think, not just some of the ways you think. You're going to realize that His ways are so higher that I want to stop trying to go with anything I think. Any knowledge I've gained is worthless compared to what I see in him. So when you think of tiramisu, think of repentance, okay? Metanoia, okay? <laughs> Repent. Tiramisu is amazing. <laughs> so God gives us the spirit. He says, here, I'm going I'm to give you the spirit to walk with you because this is a counterintuitive environment that you and I are going to live in. People here want to make you feel bad for everything. So you would imagine if you go to God, well, that's his goal too. But no, it's not. He wants not want you to make you feel bad at all. He wants you to receive all of his love and his grace. Now, the word that we're looking for that, that has this, rem- this remorseful sorrow to it comes from this word, and it's metamelomai. And it means painful sorrow or remorseful regret. This is when Judas, you remember when Judas, he, he does all that he does and then he comes to that point where he realizes, I, I, I've made a mistake. When he repented there, that word is the one that says to feel sorry. He felt immense sorrow for what he had done. But when Jesus is walking around saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near, uh, he's pronouncing something. He's saying, listen, this entire thing is about to change. Grace is going to change the way you inter- uh, interact with God. It's gonna change the way you interact with the world. It's gonna change the way you interact with one another. It's gonna change the way you believe you are blessed. It's gonna change what you even think blessed means. Like this is going to change everything. Everything. So let's read it together, Matthew chapter five. Here he goes. He's gonna get into this Sermon on a Mount. The Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. All right, just think about this. We're gonna go through these a little bit slow. Think about this. Blessed if you're sitting there. By the way, you are probably one of the poorest people, right? And you're listening to this, you are weak, you're looking for the person who's going to come with the sword and save you. And Jesus says something completely different. He says instead, "Blessed are when you are absolutely at your weakest point here on earth." <laughs> when you are at your lowest point on earth, is that how you feel? Like I'm so blessed. And yet, Jesus says, that is when you are at your best. That's how counterintuitive this world is, is when you are at your weakest, God says, oh, I'm coming, you are blessed. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. When you mourn, here's the good news, is that God absolutely guarantees to come to you. Why? He's a loving dad. He loves you. Even if you hate him, he still comes to you. (laughs) That's how good he is. Jesus is dropping some awesome stuff. Uh, Let's see, blessed are the gentle They shall inherit the earth. We're going to talk more about this in the next few weeks. We'll come back to that one. Blessed are are, are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Do you ever think God's holding back something? No. If you're thirsty, he's giving you something to drink. And he says he'll give you something to drink that you'll never even thirst again. You get righteousness in abundance. What great news these people are hearing. Blessed are the poor, or the pure, excuse me, in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the merciful, they receive mercy. God puts this brand new heart within you, Jesus is saying. What if, what if, even when you don't have everything you need, even when you think you are abandoned, what if even when you think you're a doormat, he's saying, you can feel blessed because you know he's with you, because you know God would never abandon you and leave you. He's here. You have this heart that sees God. If you're a believer, you know what I mean. You can be in the worst situation. I've locked myself in a Starbucks bathroom one time because I just needed to see God for a minute. I need to, that sounds so weird, but like I, I just needed a moment, you know, and I closed it and just sat with him in peace. Lord, I need a moment with you just to see how good you are. I have this heart that can see you. Blessed are the peacemakers. They shall be sons of God. Jesus demonstrated that one right off the bat, and then all of us who follow behind him are peacemakers. We get to We get to do some awesome stuff. Blessed are are those who have been persecuted for the sake of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You want to know where you're from? Get hated because of Jesus, basically. But blessed are you when people insult you, basically look at you completely like you're crazy. He says, just rejoice and be glad. Your reward in heaven is great. See, Jesus is saying the opposite of being a doormat, isn't he? I mean, that mindset is not even in anything he's saying right now. He's saying you're actually blessed. When the world would look at you and say, you need to stop this. You need to stop letting people walk all over you. He says, well, hold on a minute. Maybe I'm in the midst of this doing something powerful. By the way, I'm not saying you should stand in abuse and all of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about about your normal day-to-day kind of relationships here. Who can do this kind of thing? If you're mourning, you'll get comforted. So Jesus says this, he continues in uh, Matthew chapter 5, he gets down to verse 17, and now he's standing with Pharisees that are in the room, hearing these words saying, no, 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 it should be the opposite. Blessed are those who keep the law, blessed are those, you know, they're looking for that stuff. And so Jesus says this, do not think I've come to abolish the law or the prophets. I've not come to abolish them, but to fulfill now, this is not just the, the Mosaic law. This is the, the entire history of, of the Jewish people. This is Psalms. This is uh, the prophets. This is all of it. This is all summed up in this word, the law here, what he's saying. And he goes, look, I didn't come to get rid of this. Because, look, they're sensing that something so new is here that you're going to be able to have people walk all over you and be blessed. Like, this is a whole nother land that we're talking about here. And they're thinking, well, what you're saying is, is the law's going away. It's just getting rid of it. This word play rue," though, fulfill, means to bring unto completion. Jesus is saying something incredible. All that the Bible has been saying about uh, this person that was coming, this one who would fulfill all the prophecies, do you know how hard that was? <laughs> There's a lot of them. Uh, he's going to have to be born in the right place. All of this different stuff, Jesus is saying, I, I am here not to get rid of that, but to show you how I am all of that. I'm here to show you the way to life. He's the tree of life manifested before us. So he's continuing. Imagine their minds are being blown. Now, what was Jesus bringing unto completion? What was this thing that he was bringing to finality? What he brought to completion was the race of Adam. He brought to completion the adamic race. He brings it to its natural conclusion on the cross. But Javen, that was back then. What about now? How can the end of Adam had been there, but we are still here, right? Well, time is strange for us, isn't it? The Bible says that when we, are, when we would believe in him, we are joined with him, right? So you go back in time, if you will, if you want to see it that way. But you're joined to Christ when and where it happened. So I love this. I love, I love that God, when we believed and we, were, and we believed on him, We're joined to the end of everything about our lives that could have been a doormat. It's the end of everything in our lives that was our control, what we could build, what we could do. It was the end of all of that. And I'm telling you, that is the greatest blessing you and I were ever given because we were given this brand new life that came after that where we are given everything spiritually. He comes from the inside, this quiet strength. Nobody sees it coming. (laughs) It's from within. Once you are out of Adam and you are into Christ, you are aware of the Spirit's power in the middle of any storm. Jesus says it this way in verse 38. You've heard it said this way, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. That's Leviticus 24. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. Whoever slaps you on your right cheek, turn the other one to him also. Oh boy, this sounds like being a doormat. If anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, let him take your coat also. Whoever forces you to go one mile, go two. Give to him who asks of you and do not turn away from him who wants to borrow from you. You've heard it said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. In other words, you want to know what Jesus is like? Here it is. He causes, this is God, causes his son to rise on the evil and the good. He sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Listen, this is very hard for us to understand if you believe that you are... Blessed by what you do. (laughs) This will make no sense. No, God is a blessing, graceful God. That's who He is, and He's never gonna change. And so He's gonna consistently give to everyone. He's gonna consistently bless those who don't even deserve it. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Man, even tax collectors do that. Let me tell you something, those were the lowest of the lows back then. If you greet only your brothers, what more are you doing than others? Don't even Gentiles do that. Therefore, you are to be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Now, if you read those words and hear perfect in the way we hear perfect, then what you just heard is you better never make a mistake, right? That's not what he's saying. He's saying you need to be complete as your father is complete. In the way that he lacks nothing, you need to lack nothing. Like that's the answer to all of the world's problems is when you go, I don't need a thing. I don't need to be angsty about anything. I don't need to be fearful. I don't need to be wanting what they have. I, I, I'm good. I have this quiet strength within me. So this is what fulfilled law looks like. It looks like being complete. And this was impossible with the nature of of Adam. So on the cross, you and I see what justice really looks like. You really get to see when you hear vengeance is mine say at the Lord, we see what it actually looks like. It looks like God laying his life down, not being a doormat, and yet collecting all of the sin of the world because his the opportunity to bless you was there. He wants to bless. That is the kind of God we serve. So when you read these verses, like Romans 12, 21, says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Don't think what that means is what the world thinks is what evil and good mean. Like, don't fall into that trap. Good simply means loving, right? It's the good things of God. It means to love the way he loves. So don't be overcome by the evil of this world. I'm going to say this again, right? Just because we right now have a lot of evil out there. There is a lot of us that are tempted to get out there and fight that evil. And with whatever version of good we are in the mode to do, you know? Let me encourage you not to do that, okay? That's not what this verse is saying. It's saying don't let that weigh you down. Don't let the evil of this world turn your attention to that instead of God. This is not the first time that we've seen evil in the world, by the way, right? No, instead he's saying this. Be, uh, you can instead go love your enemies. You can bless those who curse you. You can go give others preference and honor. You can go devote to prayer, you can go take all that fear and exchange it with God. You can go sit with him and say, okay, I, I can't do this. And he goes, I know. Give it to me. Here, I'll give you my peace. Right? I'll give you, I'll exchange with you. Right? He, Paul says you can contribute to the needs of the saints. You can be hospitable. You can love or associate with the lowly. Don't be prideful or wise in your own estimation. Like This is what it looks like to go love the world. I'm going to give you a few more verses before we close. Galatians 2, 19 through 20 has kind of been like a, a verse for the year for us here at Grace Church. It's something God led me to this year, and, and it shows up in every one of these sermons for a reason. And I believe it's for such a time as this that we stop seeing our lives and we start seeing his life in us. This is the life that we have, and I'm going I'm to read this to you in the King James Version because one word makes a huge difference, and King James gets this one right for through the law I died to the law so that I might live to God so right away we're not under the law as believers he fulfilled it I've been crucified with Christ and it is no longer I who live but Christ lives in me and the life I live in the flesh I live by faith of the Son of God and that's the word that makes a big difference other other words there would normally be in I have faith in the Son of God leading many people to believe well I have this new life where I need to believe Jesus. And the the onus is up to me to have a belief in God. No, that's not what the scripture says. It says the faith of Christ. It's his faith. Get this. God believes in you. (laughs) That's how amazing grace is. That's how amazing God is, is that God believed in you so much. He knew If my life rests within this person, they're not going to have to worry about anything ever again. Even in moments where they feel like a doormat, they're going to feel totally blessed. They're going to sit there and go, Lord, my whole life is falling apart, and yet look how blessed I am because I can see spiritual love. I can see how you are loving me and providing for me. I have the faith of the Son of God who authored and perfected it for me because he knew I would need it. So now we have this quiet strength, but we don't see things the normal way. Please don't go out there and see things the way any news station says it is. <laughs> I don't know about you, every single time, I see more and more unrest, be it a Facebook rant, or post, or some news story, or something else, and that happened, and can you believe we had two hurricanes that tried to combine, and? I mean, I don't know, like this world right now, I'm seeing unrest and unrest and unrest and unrest and I'm getting more and more and more excited. I don't know about you, that if you will start opening your eyes to the spiritual realities of what's happening, you'll remember something. Whenever there is this much unrest, what's coming? Rest. (laughs) Oh, because people get to a point where they're tired. (laughs) They're tired, they're tired, and they begin to look. And there's the Lord standing there saying, are you done? Come live in a place where even when it's fallen apart, you are blessed. Come live in a kingdom where nobody has your future in their hands but me. <laughs> That's the kind of God you and I serve. Listen to how David said it. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. This is David, by the way. Surely I have behaved and quieted Myself, Can I encourage you in this next week? Quiet yourself. If you're feeling angsty, hold on. Look at what he says. As a child that is weaned of his mother, my soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth and forever. I love this in the way that Jesus would later come along and say in Matthew 18 that you have to be like a child to be in the kingdom, to see the kingdom. I love that David first saw it as, you know what it's kind of like? It's kind of like just being next to my mom. It's kind of like just being close to mom where I know she's going to take care of me. She provides for me. She nourishes and nurtures me. David says there's times in this earth that you need to just quiet yourself down and lean up against your dad, who's also got the mom stuff too, (laughs) okay? It's weird, I know, but stop seeing things the way we do here. So you can sit next to your dad or your mom there, let them take care of you. And David said, you know, when you do that, he goes, you, you get a peace that passes understanding. You can watch, I mean, David of all people watched a lot of death and destruction and stuff going on, and he goes, I'm good, God is with me. I want to read you one last, uh, this is not going to be on the screen, and I want you to just listen to these words as the music plays. This, this is a song, and this is one that David wrote, and if you're right now living in a time where you feel like I'm oppressed. There are treacherous men everywhere. Everywhere I turn, there's fear. I could could easily be distracted or attacked from all sides. If that's how you feel in your life right now, just know that's reasonable because that's living here on this earth. (laughs) That's gonna happen from time to time. Don't feel bad about it. But be encouraged by the words of David this morning. This is Psalm 62. God alone a refuge from treachery and oppression. My soul waits in silence for God only. From him is my salvation. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold that I shall not be greatly shaken. How long will you allow evil men? They delight in lies. They secretly curse who they say they bless. But I sit in peace with you. My soul waits in silence for you, God alone, for in you is my guarantee. You are like a rock and you are my salvation. You can't be shaken and I, and you won't let me be shaken. You save me and glorify me with rest. You are what I hold on to and trust at all times. I lay my heart before you, I reflect on your goodness. No matter our stature in this life, we are all the same to you. I don't look to those who oppress me, who hope in what they can take from me. And when my riches increase, I'm not going to trust in that either. Because power belongs to God alone. And your power is in your grace and loving kindness that you give to me according to your belief in me. <laughs> I'm going to say that last part again to over you. Power belongs to God alone, and your power is in your grace and your loving kindness that you give to me according to your belief in me. Whew. He loves you so much. There is nothing we need to fear. We have been given grace, which means you are not a doormat more than Jesus was a doormat. He wasn't. He laid his life down. So I encourage you this morning. Maybe you're holding on to your life and that's the problem. <laughs> I don't want anything to change. I don't want this virus anymore. I don't want any kind of... I don't, lay it down and be at peace. As God brings to you far greater things than you are protecting anyway. Amen? Amen. Lord, I, I pray this morning that God, during this time when many of us feel like we're out of control like the world is taking advantage of us. Oh Lord, that we'd have that quiet peace. Lord, it's a supernatural deal. So you give us it and fruit. Lord, would we eat of that fruit this week, that peace that passes understanding. Humility, Lord, humbling ourselves, knowing that your ways are higher than our ways. Not being fearful, but confident in your goodness. And as the world burns, Lord, that we would be peacemakers, that we would be those that would bring the good news of the gospel to those who are hurting. We love you. Thank you for loving us so much, Jesus, and showing us the way of love. In Jesus' name, amen.